Ron. I am finishing up last week's. And it's this one, right? Yes, ma'am. Yes, I'm finishing up last week's, and we might get into the new one this week. Do we have any of these left? The old ones? Yeah. <coughs> Let me look. Yes, I do. Anybody else need an old sheet? Thank you. I don't know how many more is needed. That's right. More okay, thank you, Jeff. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Okie dokie. Now, are these worksheets... Are, do you like the worksheets? Are they good? Yes. And you don't care that it's just extra work for me? I mean, you just... <laughs> Okay. No, I'm just. I call back. Oh, okay. I prefer, I prefer no fill in the blank. No fill in the blank. Well, yeah, because I'm trying to. <laughs> okay. A the real power. I was looking at the new worksheets. Yeah, the real power. And we read First John four one in verse six. Okay. Endure hardness as a good soldier. Amen. Amen. Boy, she put me in my place, didn't she? All right. Now you know there's a lot here in First John chapter four uh, about this, and we will look at this in depth in its proper context when we get there. But I just wanted to introduce to you uh, the chief uh, protagonist, and that is this this spirit of error is what um, John refers to him as. And generally, when we consider the uh, spirit of error, uh, along with the false prophets and the antichrists, uh, now come on, let's be honest, most of us will restrict the uh, spirit of error's activity solely to the religious realm of life, don't we? Uh, that's, that's where we kind of box him in, into the religious realm of life. We think about all the false religions in the world. We think about the, the Christian, various Christian cults and factions and, and sects and, and, you know, anything that's surrounding or associated with religion, we, we think of this spirit of error as though, you know, that's, that's his uh, sphere of influence. And that is a perfectly uh, acceptable interpretation. That is a right interpretation uh, of this passage because indeed the church has been plagued from the very beginning of uh, certain men and yes even women who have crept in unawares and have plagued the church and has infected the church with their false doctrines and their ungodly influence and their teachings and that's just been something uh, that the church 
church has had to deal with since since its inception. Since it's, you can't read through Paul's epistles and not see that he's had to have battled with certain men who are teaching, you know, another gospel or some form of legalism. So that's something that has been uh, with the church, uh, you know, since its, its inception. But I believe that uh, keeping the machinations of this spirit of error strictly to the religious realm. Uh, we often fail to see the uh, larger scope of this spirit's working and the widespread influence that this this evil spirit has in the world. So on your uh, worksheet, uh, this Gnosticism that we are talking about is not only in the religious realm, but in the secular, secular realm. It's in the secular realm. Now, when I speak of the secular realm, I believe that most of you understand uh, what is meant by that. When, when we think of the secular realm, we're thinking of, the, of that that's outside of the religious interests of folks. Um, the, the secular uh, realm or the world is that section of the system uh, that's uh, really unconcerned with religion, unconcerned with the religious aspect of people's lives, uh, they're just, they're more focused on, um, you know, um, politics, or, um, you know, culture, or institutions, uh, concerned with economics, you know, that type of thing. Uh, so things that uh, really have no uh, religious connection or no religious consideration. Okay, uh, so strictly they the regulate, you know, so so to strictly regulate the activities of this spirit of error, totally in religion. I think is, uh, and I'm going to use the word. I think that's just plain ignorant. It's just plain ignorant. Um, that's uh, that's uh, definitely not being uh, what's the word circumspect or wise to regulate this spirit of error just to the to the to the area of religion. So on your worksheet, uh, being the god of this world, the devil will corrupt is the word all of humanity. Politically, socially, religiously, he wants to corrupt the whole ball of wax. And he's doing a very good job. He's doing a very good job. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 2, it says, Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of air, the spirit that now, now worketh in the children of disobedience. Now when I think of a course, and I think this way because I love sailboats, but when I think of a course, I think of that way in which a ship sails from port A to port B. Right? You set a course. You set a course. There is a purpose. There is a destination in mind. There is a plan or a plot. Right? You plot out on the chart your course. Uh, all of that to obtain a particular objective in mind. Yeah, I want to leave port A and I want to be at port B. So 
that's the course of this world. The captain at the helm of this ship is the prince of the power of the air, right? And the crewmen are the uh, are the um, children of disobedience or the lost. Sadly, sometimes even carnal Christians. The course of this world in this sense concerns in concerning the spirit of air is the mode of dealings in the affairs of this world politically, socially, yes, and even religiously, and all of it is contrary to God's will. Okay? Now it may it may buddy up to what may appear to be God's will, but bottom line. Port B is against God's will. Okay? 1 John 5.19 says, And we know that we are of God, of God, and the whole world lieth in wickedness. Now, does that say part of the world? Some of the world? No, it says the whole world lieth in wickedness. Currently the the mass majority of this world's politics, society, institutions, even even religion, all of these are in subjection to this spirit of error and is 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 influenced by his gnosis or his knowledge or his wisdom. You remember we went through James chapter 3 verses 15 and 16 and we looked at this wisdom that doesn't come from above where does it come from it comes from the devil it's fleshly it's worldly it's of the devil and that's why John makes such a scary statement because that really is a scary statement when he says the whole world lieth in wickedness like an infant in its mother's arms or maybe a more appropriate, like a corpse laying in a tomb. It's engulfed in wickedness. That's scary. But when you look at the world, you can't help but say, you know what? I think he's right. Galatians 1.4 says, Who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil world. It was evil in Paul's day. Guess what? Yeah. It's evil today. It's evil today. Now the word evil has got two applications, two connotations. Um, If you look through the Bible, uh, the first application, whatever causes toil or labor or pain or grief or sorrow or catastrophe or destruction, that's referred to as evil. And then, of course, you've got the, the moral and the ethical aspect of evil as well. Uh, and that's the state of this present world. That's the state of this world that we dwell in this very minute. You know, uh, we had a hurricane this past week. All of that destruction is referred to as an evil. And we've got individuals in power that do not have our best interest at heart. That's that immoral wickedness. So, you know, we see this. But praise God, there's the good news. We as believers in Jesus Christ have been delivered 
from this present evil world. Colossians 1, 12-13 says, Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son. You realize you're no longer citizens of this planet? We're now citizens of heaven? That's where our citizenship is. That's where our true home is. Because of Jesus Christ, he's, he's delivered us. We are now being delivered. Present tense. 2 uh, Peter 2.9 The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. You know, God... Well, remember Noah? Or, or Lot? You know? You know he, he'll deliver the, the redeemed out of out of this and then one day we will be absolutely <laughs> delivered right when the rapture occurs according to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 we'll be whooshed out of here which that kind of makes me nervous because I'm not a big fan of heights but anyway that's me 1 Thessalonians 5.8 he says but let us who are of the day be sober putting on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet the hope of salvation. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ who died for us that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Now take note of what Paul here is admonishing. He's encouraging these believers who are of the day, the children of light, right? He says... Um, we are to be sober. What does that mean? Does that mean we, we don't get drunk? Does that mean we're teetotalers? What does that mean to be sober? That means don't lose your heads. That's the other aspect. It says don't lose your heads. Don't become overwhelmed by the encroaching darkness. Now, t- come on, be honest with me. If you watch what's going on in the news... Doesn't that cause a little bit of trepidation to see everything that's going on? And if you're not careful, you can be controlled by that anxiety and that fear, that trepidation. And he says, don't. He says, don't allow that encroaching darkness to overtake you with alarm with anxiety and yes you're absolutely right man it also means to watch to be vigilant to watch and be vigilant you know we as children of light we can really become easily distracted from what our true purpose is when we start seeing all this stuff around here you know we can really get distracted and we can start focusing on things that really we have (laughs) no power over we really don't. And then, of course, we have the Christian tripartite of faith, love, and hope to sustain us in this present evil world. You know, that's something that the majority of mankind does not have. But you do. You do. Tap into it. Tap into it. So why must we be vigilant? You know, why must we keep our heads <laughs> And not run around like we've lost them. Right? 
why do we resist being overcome by what we see going on around us to be wooed to distraction because of the spirit of error that's exactly where he wants you to be he wants you to be fearful because when we're fearful what does that mean we're not trusting in God right that's what it means so that spirit of error, he is busy at work in the course of this world. He's deceiving men to deceive other men through his lies. And this spirit of error is that power behind all of this wickedness in high places. And we need to keep our heads, and this is the reason why we need to keep our heads, because the world needs to see that there is hope. The world needs to see that there is light in the midst of the darkness. But if, he's, but if we're running around like chickens with our heads cut off, exactly. What kind of light are we? What kind of hope do we, do, we, do we provide? What kind of faith can we share? What kind of love can they experience? Ephesians 6.12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That wrestling is true. Because it is. It's a wrestling. And this is a wrestling that the majority of the world knows nothing about. Oh yeah, they see the evil and they see the political upheaval and they, they see all of that, but they don't see who's behind it. They might see his minions, but they don't recognize who the true power is behind all of this evil that's going on. But we do. Why do we see that? Because we've been given the light. We begin the light. So on your worksheet, the coming Antichrist of Revelations will be both a political figure as well as a religious figure that will seek to enslave all of humanity under his iron grip. Okay, so political figure, religious figure. Now we know that because we've been told that. We've been forewarned. Now what I want to do is I want, this is something you guys can check up for yourself. But what I want to share with you is this spirit of error at work. Spirit of error at work that men are ignorant of. I'm going to quote some things that you can find in your history books or whatever. These are actual events that have taken place. These are things actually said by the movers and shakers of this world. And I'm only going to share these with you. I don't mean to make this into a political thing. I just want to show you the spirit of error at work. Unbeknownst to many of these leaders. A fellow by the name of, and this is not on your worksheets, but a fellow by the name of Paul Spock, S-P-A-A-K, not the guy with the pointy ears. Did that go over everybody's head? Spock? Yeah, well. Paul Spock um, was a Belgium diplomat, a socialist, and the first president of the United Nations General Assembly. So that's way back in the late 50s, early 60s. 
And he was also the former Secretary General of NATO. He was also a leading figure in the formation of the European Common Market. In fact, he's called the father of the European uh, Union of Nations. So this is a very powerful individual, very influential individual on the, political, on the world's political scene. So way back in, I think it was around 1959, 1960, this is what he said when he was addressing the United Nations General Assembly. He says, We do not want another committee. We have too many already. He says, What we want is a man of sufficient stature to hold the allegiance of all people and to lift us out of the morass or morass into which we are sinking. Then he says this, Send us such a man, be he God or the devil, and we will receive him. Do you understand what he said? Guess who's going to show up? An article in the uh, summer of 1991 in the, uh, in the uh, uh, journal called the Secure, Contain, Protect Journal, which is a journal that, that uh, WHO, the World um, Health Organization, um, a fellow by the name of Brock Chisholm, who is the director of the United Nations World Health Organization, or WHO, in 1991, This is what he said back in 1991. To achieve world government, it is necessary to remove from the minds of men their individualism, loyalty to family traditions, national patriotism, and religious dogmas. Now, what better way to initiate this collective attitude globally than to foster a worldwide pandemic. We lived through that, folks. And a side note, that guy died in 1971. He's been gone a long time. Has he? But, uh, see? Even back then, guys. Even back then. Now, whether or not you go along with the latest controversies or theories but hasn't it been proposed that this virus was created and either accidentally or intentionally released wickedness George Soros big fan He says, globalization has rendered the world increasingly interdependent, but international politics is still based on the sovereignty of states. So George Soros is what he's saying here is he sees independent sovereign states as a major roadblock to the goal of globalism. Okay? That's what we're seeing today, folks. And George Soros has not hidden his his intentions in in wanting to undermine the sovereignty of the world's nations. That's why he finances some of these groups that causes trouble in some of these countries. Because he wants to break down the sovereignty of these states so that we can have a one world global government. Very wicked. Very wicked. 
And George Soros, he's not, he's not uh, you know, the first one to come up with this. Back in 1974, in the, uh, uh, the Journal of uh, Foreign Affairs, a man by the name of Richard Gardner, who was a former Deputy Assistant Secretary of State under the Kennedy and Johnson administrations, Back in 1974 of April, he says, he says this. He says, we are likely to do better by building our house of world order from the bottom up rather than from the top down. He says, an end run around national sovereignty, eroding it piece by piece, is likely to get us to the world order faster than the old-fashioned assault. That's the goal of the anarchists. That's that grassroots movement trying to undermine the institutions of government in various countries. And that's why Portland burned, folks. Because of this grassroots movement to bring down the government so they can create a new order. Boy, where have we heard that before? New order. Great reset. Right? Why do you think um, the term civil war is being bantered about in our own political agenda uh, arena? It's because of the spirit air is behind all of this. It's a lot bigger than never Trumpers. Okay? Still not convinced. Uh, the current Pope, I think it's Pope Francis, isn't that his name? Pope Francis in the Vatican back on October 3rd, 2020. Hmm. Uh, he, um, he wrote a papal letter called an encyclical. And uh, he's on board for this new socio-economic world order. And he sent this letter to all the bishops of the Roman Catholic Church entitled uh, Fratelli Tutti, or Brothers All. Uh, it's, and in this letter, Pope Francis blames capitalism for the world's most pressing problems, derides the concept of private property, holds up collectivism as superior to the rights of the individual, and calls for open borders and a termination of national sovereignty. That's the Pope throwing his hat into the, into the ring. And in this very same letter, the Pope cites that COVID-19 is possibly the trigger event that will usher in a new age of man-based utopian groupthink. He said the COVID-19 pandemic momentarily revived the sense that we are a global community. All in the same boat. Well, one person's problems are the problems of all. He says once more we realize that no one is saved alone. We can only be saved together. So you got to be in their camp is what he's saying. In his book, The New Science of Politics, written back in 1952, and this is at the beginning of the Cold War, a man by the name of Eric Vogelin, 
uh, drew parallels between Gnosticism and modern ideologies such as as Marxism and and socialism. Uh, These things uh, referred to as wokeism today. Um, Wokeism defined uh, defined by the behavior and attitudes of people who are sensitive to social and political injustice and then progressivism that promotes and supports social reforms. So you see, this is nothing new. But on your worksheet... Eric Vogelin wrote that even though these ideologies were more secular rather than religious, they exhibited the same sense of alienation, alienation from the world as did the ancient Gnostics. So he's making a comparison here between the religious and the political or the secular. Then on your worksheet, he says, the main difference between the two, according to Vogelin, was that these new ideologies... Emanatize the eschaton, which means end of history, seeing the goal of human existence not as escaping the world to be reunited to a superior being, but banishing evil from the world through revolution. Again, the burning of Portland and all the civil unrests. Revolution. Revolution. Take note of the word emanatized. Okay, this means, on your worksheet, this means having existence only in the mind. Restricting entirely to the mind and being being given a a domain within the mind as an inherent quality or ideal. So this is something that only exists in the mind. A current, um, our current president, while campaigning, he stated in, his, in one of his speeches, we choose truth over facts. Truth. What truth? The truth that exists in the mind. You see a red circle, but in your mind it's a green square. Therefore, since it's a green square in your mind, this cancels out this being a red circle. So therefore, his truth supersedes fact. That's what this word means. Are we not seeing that going on in our culture today? These facts are manufactured to manipulate the people. The spirit of error at work. These facts exist only in the idea, in the mind. And when you put these facts under the, these, these truths under the scrutiny of facts, instead of following, I'm only using their terminology, instead of following the science as it claims to do, it denies the science and it shouts its truth, attempting to drown out the facts. The demons that these modern Gnostics battle against are the evils known as systemic racism, white privilege and supremacy, misogyny, homophobia, transphobia, uh, environmentalism, intolerance, or anything else. Any of the other buzzwords. The spirit of error is at work. This uh, spirit of error has ingeniously, ingeniously weaved his gnosis, 
or his gnosis, his knowledge throughout, throughout society, politically, religiously, institutions of learning. Right? When uh, Pastor Randy gave his apologetic study, he mentioned a word, he called it intersectionality. I don't know if you were there or if you might remember him using this word. He said, intersectionality has become a slogan uh, to promote a coalition against the interlocking matrix of oppression, at the center of which is the Gnostic evil demiurge or the white straight Christian male. We read that, we hear that in our news. We're the problem of the nation. If you believe in the Bible, if you're you're the problem. You're the problem. On your worksheet, in his book, Vision of the Anointed, Thomas Sowell points out that the common thread of these positions is to see knowledge not as a result of, of processes of study, learning, and discovery that are accessible to anyone willing to make the effort, but, here's your blank, as a special enlightenment. Special enlightenment of the elect ones. These elect ones have received insight that others cannot share or appreciate, and if they try to, then they are accused of cultural appropriation. Now, guys, I'm not, on a, I'm not on a political box here. I'm just telling you, this is what's going on. Yes, sir? What was your last one on? The same... I can't say that. And that... 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 And Wokeism. 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 Yep. Wokeism. First John 4, 5 says, They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. This stuff makes perfect sense to the world. They're buying into it. It makes perfect sense to them. Right? And they're rejecting the truth, so God's giving them a lie to believe. That's what's going on. These especially enlightened elect tend to see other opinions not just different from their opinions, but they look at them as being immoral and needing to be censored or canceled as a cancer on the collective thought. Are we not seeing that? If you don't think the same way I think, you need to be dealt with. You need, you need to be silenced. You need to be canceled. There's folks in jail right now because of that. In this country. Again, my intention is not to make some political statement or bring about you know, a moral majority movement. That's not what I simply want to do is expose you to the spirit of error that's you know alive and well and at work. And these are just some of the things that he is busy about. And I wanted to show you that, you know, the spirit of error is just not regulated to religion. It's, a, it's across the whole spectrum of humanity. 
It's across a whole spectrum of humanity. His influence and corruption is what John wrote about, what Paul wrote about, what Peter warned about. He's, he's very, very busy. The spirit of error seeks to influence every aspect of human, human society from, from our families that he's trying to destroy through our religions that he's influencing with lies and false doctrine, politics, education, economics, the whole spectrum of humanity. He's an incredible, incredibly intelligent being. But he's wicked and evil. The common denominator, whether religious or political, progressive or conservative, is that they both hate the truth. They both hate the truth. I don't care if you're on the right side of the political spectrum, because let me tell you, just because you're on the right side of the political spectrum doesn't mean you're not under the influence of the spirit of error. You know, we always talk about, maybe we, you know, we always see the wackiness on the left side, there's some wackiness on the right side. They're both under the spirit of error. They're both under the influence of the spirit of Antichrist. And they will both go to extreme lengths of denying reality to, to bolster their abstract and often abs, absurd ideologies. You got one side that says, you know, buy all the guns and ammunition you can, stock, you know, stockpile your food and go into the mountains and dig a hole. And then the other side, we've got a school that will cater to a little girl who identifies with a cat and provides her with a cat box in the in the in the in the bathroom. Because it exists here and it denies reality. But for some reason, there's the mindset that we cater to this that exists only in the mind. That's why they don't like this book. Because this book shines a light on that stuff and says, no, that's wrong. Well, how dare the Bible tell me I'm wrong? What is it that says men love darkness rather than light. Why? Well, it's because it exposes their evil. It exposes their evil. You know, the Gnosticism of John's day and Paul's day, it's the same today. It's just under a new name, spouting new terminology, wearing a different suit, but it's still espousing the same error, motivated by the same spirit. So on your worksheet, and we'll probably close with this, uh, this is why the Apostle John opened this epistle with these first four verses that we're going to look at next week. (laughs) That he was an eyewitness to the word of life, that is the light of men, and that it is not some emanatized, there's your word, figment of his fleshly imagination. 
1 John 5 9 says if we receive the witness of men the witness of God is greater for this is the witness of God which we have which we which he hath testified of his son you see this this stuff here is is the is the witness of men the testimony of men and so many people are falling in line with this but the reality is Jesus Christ but they don't want anything to do with that but that's the light no we've got our own light thank you very much they don't want anything to do with that this is the record and we can believe it this spirit of error is is alive and well um there's a book, uh, I can't remember the guy's name. I really enjoyed his, uh, his, his books. He wrote Red October, and I can't even think of his name. No. No, anyway, he, he also wrote a book called Ever-Present Danger. And that's what we live in. We live in an ever-present danger. That's why we need to be sober. That's why we need to be watchful. First John 5.19 he says and we know that we are of God and the whole world lieth in wickedness and we know and we know and we know that the Son of God has come and hath given us an understanding that we may know him that is true and we are in him that is true even in the Son Jesus Christ this is the true God and eternal life so my prayer is as we progress through um, John's epistle that we will be assured by those things that hereby we know that we will be assured that we are of God, the true God, and that we can know the fellowship of God the Father and God the Son. The risk we face in this current church age is this, folks. Right here. This word emanatized. We do not want to emanatize our relationship with God. In other words, it exists only in our minds. Now think about that for a minute. We don't want our relationship with God only to exist in our minds. You start that and you're going to be like the Laodicean church and you're going to think you're A-OK. I don't want a relationship with God just in my mind. I just don't want to know about God. I want to know God. You understand what I'm saying? So many people are content with the mind, the humanitized God. I want God. I want God. I want a relationship with God. Revelation 3.17 Because thou sayest I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing and knowest not that thou art blind and wretched because it's in the mind it's in the mind what I desire and, I, and pray that you desire is a reality this fellowship with the Father and the Son, 
the truth actively working and living in us and through us. And John's epistle provides assurances for us to consider so that we know that we know and we can be insured by this. Don't settle for an amanitized relationship with the Father. Make it real. Make it real. Amen? Holy Father in Heaven, we thank you, Lord, 